I'm going to talk just a little bit tonight um, about some of the things that happened at Word First. I want to first and foremost take the opportunity, Becky and I do, to thank all of you that were a part of Word First Conference, all of you that volunteered in every, in all the different ways that you volunteered and that you are a part of this. And, and if you didn't actually do something and you just came and showed up, thank you for showing up. Amen? Because it was one of the best conferences we've ever had. It was really great. Um, <clears throat> there was a number of people from other areas that came. Um, there was a couple from up on the other side of Dallas that came. And um, they just, we've had, we've had lots of people say this about our church body. But they, they made the point that it was the friendliest church they'd ever stepped foot in, and they've been in church for years. They, they just said, our home church isn't like this. And she said, I'm not being critical of them. You know, I wouldn't let her be. But as she's saying that, I wasn't going to let her be critical of the place. She was just giving us a huge compliment. Amen? And we receive it. But it's because of you all. Amen? But we're friendly people feel like they're a part. When they come here, they don't feel like they're strangers, you know, and they want to come back. And so uh, it, was, it was just a phenomenal conference, the words that were spoken, everything, and just, just the presence of God. And I'm grateful for everybody that played a part in this. Uh, very grateful. Uh, Becky and I are honored to uh, lead this team of people in this church and and we just expect things to increase and grow and just continue. Amen? Um, so, <clears throat> just, just, a, just some things that, that I felt like were very, very profound. I just want to repeat and remind you of. Um, that <clears throat> Eric, uh, Pastor Eric Holler's word on you being a polished arrow. You are a polished arrow, already polished. And um, I really liked his different analogies about being in the quiver. Um, You know, God has already polished us. Most people don't feel polished. They don't feel worthy. They don't feel like they're good enough. They don't, most people... Most people feel have that emotion because most people that I know have never been doers of the word. They know the word, they have a knowledge of the word, but they've never been doers of the word continuously so that it removes doubt and unbelief from their life. You know, you can, you can start being a doer of the word and understand what that looks like and, and, and how to how to apply that to your day-to-day life. But many times when things don't work out in the time period that we want things to work out and the way we wanted them to work out, the first thing that people give up on is the Word. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at anybody sitting here. I'm just saying in general, that's the tendency. And actually, all through the Bible, the same exact thing happened. So we just have to get over that. We have to get past it. And, and look at your neighbor and say, we are. We're getting past it, right? We're doers and we're going to stay that way. Amen? Every day, all day, 
in every situation, we're doers of the Word because in the seed of the Word itself is the answer for everything that we need. And we are that polished arrow ready to be shot and ready to hit the target when we know we are. And I just really liked a number of the different analogies that he gave about that. Sometimes people think they're ready to be used and they're not ready. Um, he made a really good point in there that sometimes people are trying to force being shot and when they're forced, uh, it's never the right thing, it never hits the target. It never, you never get to the destination that you were intending to get to because you're trying to force being shot. Um, just, just several things about that that I was just very impressed with. As you get the words and you listen to them, it'll be very profitable to just really meditate on that, you know, throughout the year. Uh, Pastor Brandon talked about a number of things, but there were, there were three things that he said that really ministered to my heart. Number one, when he talked about the simplicity of Christ and understanding what that simplicity means on a day-to-day -day basis about not making who Jesus is bigger than it is. Not, I mean, he is what he is and he's as big as you can get, but let's don't try to make it too difficult to understand and be able to receive. And really, really seeing the simplicity of who he is. I mean, literally, literally, you have to work really hard to miss what he's done for us. You have to work hard at it to miss it. It's really simple. And if we keep it simple and keep things and our focus stays simple, I mean, he, he came here to liberate us so we could fulfill what he wanted to do in the earth. He's building his church that the gates of hell can't prevail against, right? The other thing that Pastor Brandon said was um, that this year is, is a, is a drama-free year. And the zone we live in, we're living in a, in a drama-free zone. I have, I, I've taken ownership of those words. Amen? No drama. <clears throat> One of the one of the uh, uh, what am I trying to say? One of my my confession lines that I speak. I've got a number of them that I speak every day. The last thing I say in these probably twenty five confessions is I refuse to worry about anything. If if you if you don't hear yourself saying something like that every day and sometimes multiple times a day, things like that, if you don't hear yourself saying that, you're going to worry. And you're going to be tempted to worry. You can say it 45 times a day and you're going to be tempted to worry all the time. But what happens is the entrance of the word begins to eat away at and destroy the doubt that comes to our mind trying to convince us that what God has promised is not as real as what the circumstances look like. That's where the whole fight is. That's why we need the Word. In the seed of the Word itself, as we're declaring the Word, there lies the power for you and I to make the decision to do what God would tell us to do in that moment. Instead of worrying 
I'm choosing not to worry, but you can't, you can't just not worry. You have to replace worrying with casting the care. There's an action that's there. So verbally, you have to cast a specific care and, and let it know it's not going to rule in my life because I choose to live in a, in, in, in a drama-free zone, and I choose to live my life where I take no care every day so I worry about nothing. Can we actually do that? Absolutely. But you have to make a choice and a decision to do that all the time. It's one thing to know, to have knowledge of the fact. It's one thing to have knowledge of the fact that you have the ability to not worry. It's another thing to make a choice to not worry in the moment when you have the opportunity to worry. All through the Bible, we see it. It's one thing to have the knowledge that you are empowered to not worry and that you have the ability to cast every care that comes to your mind, but it's another thing to make the choice to cast that care. And that's what, with the, that's what our life is full of, those type of choices all the time. I mean, how many, how many people in here today, you can add something else to your life right now? Okay, a few people. But a lot of people, it's like they're strapped. And we're doing all kinds of things. What I'm talking about is an additional full-time job. Because you have a full-time employer, and his name is the devil, and he's working full-time against you to try to keep you captivated in your soul and telling you and getting you to believe that the circumstances that you see are more real than what God has promised. And he works overtime. That's why my life has to be centered around the Word, and I can't let anything take precedence over the Word. And, and, and it's taken years to get to that place. It has to be developed, and you have to work at it, and, and you have to build this belief system that I can't live without the Word because the Word gives me the power to make everything else work out. Otherwise, I'm in the care and worry and frustrated. Man, I, you know, sometimes... I wonder, how do people have the time to talk bad about other people? How do you have the time to do that? I mean, you've got you to gotta, you gotta look up on people. You've got to figure people's lives out to talk bad about them and know all the crud that's going on in their life and be nosy about their... I mean, how, who, who in the world has time to do that kind of stuff? The devil convince you that that is a way of life that you're supposed to live. Most people believe... Most people that I know, that if you're not a worrier, you're not responsible. A lot of people that I know think that. If you're not a worrier, if you're not worrying about something, you're not being responsible. And they'll tell you that time and time again. Well, you're not concerned about that? I mean, what's it going to do? How's it going to add to my life or how's it going to fix this situation for me to worry about it? I've already got the word on it. I've declared what God says is 
So, and that's where I leave it. We have to be that kind of people. Amen? And that's the way you live a drama-free life. It doesn't just happen. That was a good word that Pastor Brandon preached, but it won't just happen. You've got to choose it. Amen? Um, and another point he made was that stress comes from getting ahead of God. Because stress involves a lot of labor. You've got to work at being stressed. Stress comes from getting ahead of God many times. I mentioned to you during Word First that God gave me a word that the door is open. On Sunday night, the other piece of that was that the door has always been open. And when God spoke that to me that the door is open, I just saw that as like the opening for new opportunities. Well, it is that, but it's more than that. The opportunities have always been there. And the things that we're talking about right now in developing that belief system of God's Word is what makes us aware of the open doors. Now, there's a lot of people in the church world. I have a lot of friends that will disagree, and they do disagree, so I don't ever bring this up. But I'm behind the pulpit tonight, so I'm telling you this is what I believe, okay? You go check it out with the Word. I don't see my God as an opener and a closer of doors. God's door is open, okay? But he leads me, okay? And he shows me where something that looks open is not him, that that's not him, and I go to the next door or the next opportunity or whatever it is. He's not the opener and the closer of doors. Well, God just closed that door. Well, I I, I just... I personally, in, in the Word, don't see Him shutting doors. I see Him leading me. And at the end of Word First Conference, Pastor Roxanne read these seven things to develop in, in 2019. Relying on God, tuning into the Holy Spirit, and the next one was obeying the Holy Spirit. Relying on God, tuning into the Holy Spirit, and then obeying the Holy Spirit. I heard God tell me about three months ago, the door is open. Opportunities that He has for you, I'm telling you, this is greater definition and understanding is coming to me. Opportunities that are coming to each and every person sitting in here tonight. The opportunities that are coming your way, the door is already open. What you have to do, and, and Pastor Roxanne really drove that point home, you've got to tune into the Holy Spirit, and then you have to obey what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. If you don't choose to obey when your flesh wants to do something different, if you don't choose to obey, you're not going to step into those opportunities because he's leading us to that opening of the door. I really like that. Man, I love that. Actually, I'm more excited about that than anybody in here. <clears throat> I'm telling you, the opportunities are there, and they are open. Amen. And God 
is leading us, and we're listening, and we're paying attention, and we're, 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 we're not ignoring his nudges, his leading, his voice, his still small voice telling us this, that, or the other. Because see, many opportunities will come your way, but they're not God. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you that you can know what's God and what isn't because he said you can. And you have to become more convinced of that, not because, you know, you're not, you're not going home at night going, mm, you know, trying to get God to do something. You're, you're not laboring to get that. You're thanking him every day. Thanking him every day. Pastor Roxanne on Sunday night made this comment, that you should, instead of laboring to get things in the financial world in line in your life, praise him for things to work out financially. Well, it's not just financially, it's in every way. Thank him every day. Lord, I thank you that I hear your voice, I tune in to you. Lord, you, you have told me that I can hear your voice and the voice of the stranger, I'll know the difference and I don't have to follow and be led over here and then back over here and oh, I missed it and missed it. Yeah, we have to develop that and learn, but listen, <laughs> no better time to learn than right now. And the best thing you can do is remind yourself every day of what his promise says concerning anything that you're believing for. And it starts with what she said right there about relying on the Holy Spirit and tuning into what the Holy Spirit is saying. There's a voice, and it's just one. There's not ten Holy Spirits. There's one. There's one. Everybody say one. There's, one. There's just one. One voice. Thousands and hundreds of thousands and probably millions of other voices out there, but there's one Holy Spirit voice. And I know that voice, and I'm familiar with that voice. I'm saying that, you know. I'm not saying that in pride. I'm saying he said he created me to know that voice. And I hear it, and I do what he says. Amen? And the, op the door that is opened, the door is open in this season that we're living in and beyond because it's always been open. And you know I didn't hear God say doors. I heard him say door. You know why? Because there's just one door for you. But then it's the same door in the next leading. And the next leading, it's, it's the door. It's, it's, he's the door for me. There's not five Jesuses, right? There's not five Holy Spirits. He's the door. And your door is open. You rely on God. You tune into the Holy Spirit, and you obey what he tells you to do. Best season ever. I, I, I'm not about the year this year. I don't know why. I, I, just, I try to say that, and, and it just falls dead. I'm about the season. We're in a season. Doors open. Amazing things are happening. Um. to all the things that I said. No, no. <laughs> um, the 
Pastor Brandon made the point about not talking our past failures. And, you know, that just kind of fits with everything else that's going on right now. It's very easy to look at your past failures and let those past failures try to dictate your future. And I'm telling you, your past has nothing to do with what God is saying to you today and where you're going. Other than anything we have to learn from our failures so we don't find ourselves doing it again, God will show us. He'll, te- he'll, he'll teach us. The failure will not teach you. The failure of the past will not teach you. That's why you don't need to meditate on the past failures. The Holy Ghost, who is the true teacher, will show you along the way and train you and develop you to keep you from falling in that same mistake in that pit again. Can you say amen to that? When I talked about doubt, I gave you a definition of doubt. Um, And... That definition was doubt is a hesitation to contend. And, and, and all I'm going to say about that, and, and we'll talk about that more this month when, as we're talking uh, vision and we're talking about clarity. God wants you to get very, very, very clear on what that definition means to you. Any time that you hesitate to contend with the enemy in any way, the only reason that you hesitate is because you don't know what is for sure the truth. There's not faith in God about what you're going after. So there's hesitation. And people that hesitate get beat. God doesn't want us to hesitate. He wants us to attack situations, but only with his word, not with our flesh. Only with the word. He wants you to become convinced that hesitation is removed when you're confident what God's promised. In any and every situation. And as doubt is removed, then faith releases. Because see, where there's not faith for something, where there's not faith... It's because there's the lack of the entrance of his word on a day-to-day basis. It has to be day-to-day. It has to be all the time. And if you've not become a day-to-day doer of the word, if you've not worked the word into your routine, if you spend more time exercising your physical body then you do exercising your spirit man, then your physical body can be developed, but your spirit man isn't, and your physical body will get warped. The Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. And there's no mistake to that. It profits a little. It does profit. Everybody say, bodily exercise profits. It does. It profits. It's good to do but not at the expense of your spirit man. Because you're not a flesh and blood body first and foremost, you're a spirit body. You're a spirit man. And that has to be developed so that what you do with your physical body is in line with what God wants you to do with it. Then I'm, 
I'm tuning into the Holy Spirit. I'm obeying. I promise you, God is the best nutritionist that there is on the planet. He knows more about bodily exercise than anybody on the planet. And he'll teach you how to be sensitive and aware of your body and what it needs and what it doesn't need. He'll teach you how to do that. I mean, you can get help and glean from There's all kinds of people that have wisdom and understanding where all that kind of thing is concerned. And do that. But not at the expense of the word. The word is first and foremost. And when we see that, then man, we, we get, you, your body, you, you'll, you'll come up with ways where you don't have to wear yourself out trying to keep your body in line because your spirit man is in line. And your spirit man's teaching you how to keep your body in line. I just tell you right now, there are things that you eat every day that, that people eat, you know you're not supposed to eat it. Holy Spirit's telling you not to eat it. You just do it anyway. You have to learn to make a decision. That's not helping my body. Holy Ghost will tell you. That's a good, that's a good place to practice. Just practice about what you eat. What you put in your mouth. How you take care of it. How you do certain things. Make it a routine. Develop routines like that. Man, it's, it's not that difficult it just takes a decision to do it and then to stay with it. That's the key. That's, that's the absolute key. Is that you do it and you stay with it. And you allow things to increase a little at a time. Most people that increase in a certain area too quickly, a lot of times it falls off. It falls to the wayside. They do it for a while and then they quit. They do it, you know, until they're tired of it, and then they, and they, then they quit. But if you, if you work into treating your body right, dealing with certain things with your body and that kind of thing, if you, if you enter into it slower and you become convinced of it, you'll keep it. That's what I see. And it's the same way with the Word. God wants you to keep, not just try something for a while, but He wants the Word to be real to you for you to believe that doing the Word works. Can you say amen? Um, I, and, and then I liked this that uh, Pastor Roxanne said on Sunday night, that we've been, I mean, in, in our heads we know this, but in our spirit we need to, we need to really receive it, that we've been made free, not set free. We've been made free. He made us. Originally, you were made free. So the bondages and things were added later, but you were made free. So we're a free person getting rid of bondages and things that have held us back and tried to pull us down. No, we're, 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 we are free people. We were made that way. Made that way. See it. Amen? Other things that Roxanne mentioned was uh, beyond obeying the Holy Spirit was using faith like a tool. Number five was eating lots of the Word. Ministering to the Lord. And then the last one was loving people. And that loving people, as I actually shared the, the last Sunday that I preached, um, Loving people is the key to everything. 
Because you can do all the rest of it, but if you don't walk in love, then we actually have nothing. Amen? Um, so I want to read this verse of Scripture found in Matthew 21. And verse 21. <clears throat> Jesus answered and he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Um, Jesus made this statement right here, and, and I, I want to just focus on this tonight because I, I came out of the conference thinking about this right here. I'm going to read one of the verses of Scripture just here in a second. But I came out of the conference thinking about this. Um, Jesus said, if you have faith and you don't doubt, you'll not only do what he did to the fig tree, which withered up, but you'll speak to mountains and they'll remove. And he's not talking about natural mountains. He's talking about day-to-day -day situations that we face. He said, you'll speak to those things and what you say to them will happen because you have faith and no doubt. You have faith and you're not doubting. Now, how can you how can you have faith and doubt? Because what he's implying here is that we can have faith and doubt. Because he said if you have faith and you don't doubt, then what you say is going to come to pass. I came out of the conference really meditating on the fact of how important that this is. I gave you a definition of doubt as being hesitating to contend. The hesitation to contend with something comes from the lack of, of believing that what God has said will actually come to pass. That's what Abraham knew. You know, God called Abram, God called Abram to do what he did and that he would be the father of nations. But 10 months before Isaac was born, he called him Abraham. That was 24 years later. 24 years later, he changed his name. And Abraham took that and took it to heart and began to tell people that he was the father of nations. After 24 years of developing a life of faith, what he did 
is he came to a place where he believed that what God had promised was going to happen. And you know what happened? A month later, Sarah conceived. A month later, Sarah conceived. A month later. She was barren. He's 99. I mean, you would think when he was 75 or 77 or somewhere in there that he would have been, you know, maybe closer to being able to produce a child, an heir. But it was 99. But it was at 99 when God changed his name to Abraham, which is father of nations. He changed his name because God knows the end from the beginning, and he knew that Abraham believed it. And Abraham began to talk it, and within one month, within one month, Isaac was conceived. The manifestation came. See, if you sit under the word and you hear the word taught and it develops faith in you, that doesn't mean you don't have doubt in your head. Right? We just have to stay with the word long enough to get the doubt out of our heads so that we have faith and we don't doubt. See, if I become convinced that the doubts that come to my head trying to convince me that God can't fix the situation that I'm looking at that looks impossible, if daily I'm, I'm reminding those circumstances what God's promise says, what it's developing in me is, is the lack of hesitation to contend. Now, I want to fight this thing, and I'm going to stay with it, and I'm going to stay with it hearing the voice of God, doing what He says, and then following through until I see it. Because you can have faith and doubt. You just can't have the doubt overriding the faith And when the faith overrides the doubt and casts it out and it stays out on a day-to-day basis, then we get the results. Notice the rest of what he said there. And whatever things you ask in prayer believing, without doubting, you will receive. But he didn't say we were faith people with no doubts. He just said, if we want to get the results that we're looking for in life, we have to have faith in God without the doubt. We can't share faith and doubt. Well, you know, sometimes God does it and sometimes he doesn't. And that's the way it's going to be for you. And if that's the way you think, most of the time he doesn't do it for you. Because the rest of this month, we're going to read a lot of stories in the Bible where people didn't get results because they didn't think they deserved it. I'm telling you tonight, you deserve everything that God has planned for you. Everything. Everything. Physically, financially, mentally, emotionally, in every way. Marriages, if you're not married, to be married. to I don't care what it is. God has your back and he has your plan and he created you for good things. And we have to believe this. But we have to be more convinced that what he's promised 
he's able to do. Can you say amen? Let me just read this one other passage. I don't know if I gave you this or not, but Romans 4 and verse 17. This is the New Testament, one of the New Testament um, writings about Abraham. And he said, as it is written, I've made you the father of nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed in hope. God wants you to have hope for your financial world. He wants you to have hope for your physical world. He wants you to have hope for everything that you face. He wants you to have hope for your destiny. And it says here, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. What was contrary to hope? Do you think you could lose some hope when you're 99 years old and you've been called the father of nations? Do you think you could listen to your head telling you, oh, come on, Abraham, you idiot. You're 99 years old. Your wife's been barren. She's never had a child. Why would it change now at 99 and she's 90? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. But you know what it says? You know what it says? That at that point, he believed without doubting. And when you and I get to the place where we believe about given situations and things that we face, without doubting, because of the entrance and the seed of his word, then anything we ask him, we get it. In one month, in one month, after God changed his name, Sarah conceived. It's pretty quick. Amen? He said, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19 And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. What God had promised him, he was able to to perform it. And did God do that? Absolutely. God accomplished something for Abraham. Well, it was accomplished because God said it. It wasn't accomplished because, well, God got tired of waiting and, well, you know, it's been 25 years, we need to fix this thing. No, it, it was accomplished. It had gone another 25 years if Abraham wouldn't have removed the doubt. Being fully persuaded how much persuasion is that? Pretty fully. Right? Pretty absolutely convinced that what God had promised, he's able to do it. That's why then when we say things and declare things from a fully convinced and persuaded heart, then we have the things we say. 
That's who we are today. That's what our season is like right now. And I'm telling you, the door is open. It's open. I saw it. I saw the light shining through it. Had a vision of it. I saw it. The door is open. Your opportunities are open. You hear him. You do what he says. You allow the word and the entrance of the word to be there on a day-to-day basis in your life and you can have everything that God says you can have. Amen? Someone shout amen.